Hey everyone, do you love movies? Do you like betting? If you do, then Box Office Bets is the podcast for you. With Tom Cunningham and myself, Brian Ortega, we'll guide you through Oscar season with our breakdown of each Oscar contender and give you our projections based on what the betting market is saying about each Oscar race. Make sure to check us out every week as we focus on a specific movie and break down its best chances to win right here on Box Office Bets. Welcome back to Concierge Confidential. I'm your host, Brian Ortega. And this week, we are going to be diving into some Las Vegas trends. So things that are going to be coming into style and things that I think that are going to be sort of taking over what Las Vegas will look like in the next coming months and maybe, you know, years. So that'll be on this episode. We're going to be talking about Las Vegas trends, and that'll be coming up next. Hey everybody, this is Brian Ortega from Concierge Confidential, and this episode is brought to you by AO Painting, who have been experts in specialized coating, servicing Arizona for over 40 years. AO Painting specializes in industrial projects and are a one-stop shop for sandblasting, industrial painting, waterproofing, and much, much more. To see more of their work and to get a quote, you can visit aopaintinginc.com. That's aopaintinginc.com. AO Painting, where specialized is where we start. All right, everybody. So we are back. So we're going to be diving into some trends that are coming to Las Vegas and that are already here. So I've noticed sort of on the nights that I've been going out is that I've been kind of going or gravitating towards some of the same places. Um, and it's just because that's just normal. It's normal for somebody to want to go to a place where they know, one, they're going to get a good service. Two, it's something that they, they want to try something a little bit different at the same place that they like to frequent. So I've been really struggling trying to find new places to go out to. And that's just on me, um, just because I am still sort of a picky eater, although I've really expanded my horizons over the last you know couple years. But there is one particular type of food that I just really haven't been able to you know wrap my head around and really just sort of dive into. And I always, it's always so expensive whenever you go any place for this particular type of cuisine. And I don't know, but you've really been seeing this pop up quite a bit. And that is, well, we could, we'll just jump into it now. What's like the new trend, the new trendy food coming to Las Vegas as we kind of go in styles where it was like, all oh, you can eat sushi, buffets, obviously, fine dining steakhouses, really upbeat you know, experience style restaurants like Super Frico or supper clubs like Mayfair Supper Club and Delilah's, which I think all those places are still good for now just because there's not that many of them. But I do think that the new big cuisine coming to Las Vegas is certainly Mediterranean cuisine. Mediterranean cuisine, which I know um, might surprise some people, but Mediterranean cuisine is really just sort of sweeping throughout the city where you're getting a bunch of different levels of this, and really the first place I saw it on Las Vegas Boulevard was at MGM Grand. It was called Greek Sneak, which is sort of like a speakeasy restaurant kind of thing, uh, which is located right next to the High Limit, kind of hidden, and it was right next to Crush. I always remember that. I think it's actually still open, but uh, that was one of the first Greek restaurants that I had really thought about uh, on Las Vegas Boulevard. We do have a few Greek restaurants around the city, 
but most of them, you know, fast casual. But a lot of places are now becoming much more fine dining and they're being put into restaurants, which I do have an idea of which one, which is like the next cuisine that's going to sort of take over. But right now, let's talk about the Mediterranean cuisine sort of sort of sweeping through the Las Vegas Strip. And I have to say, uh, you know, one of the big places that I kind of saw this happen first was uh, Villa Azur, which is the sort of live music venue as well as a restaurant, which is, you know, it's it's okay. I've been there once. I tried to do a video on it, and I just didn't feel the vibe in there. It felt basically like just threw up a wall where it used to be just an open space at the Palazzo. And some people really love it. They really like the brunch there, but it's just very expensive. Um, they have a bunch of, like, pretty flowers inside as well. But really, it just I, it wasn't my vibe. It wasn't what I was sort of going for. But... The Venetian really just sort of grabbed the bull by the horns and just sort of opening. They have Mizan, which is actually like their other sort of casual dining Greek restaurant. And then right across is their very high-end uh, Ha Salon, which I hope that I'm pronouncing it correctly, which just opened you know a week or two ago. And uh, I haven't been inside yet, but it does look quite high-end from the outside. And we're going to talk about sort of why it says from the outside is what it looks like. But a lot of these – it just – I think the reason that many of these Mediterranean cuisine restaurants are popping up is for, for many reasons. We do get a lot of guests that do come from Europe. A lot of people from Europe do vacation in the Med. So think Greece, Italy, Spain, uh, Mallorca. Look at me. Um, they also, <laughs> I mean, they also go to Ibiza. There we go. We'll do it that way. Um, I'm sure I'll get roasted later for not pronouncing it correctly. But Many are many people from Europe are very comfortable with this cuisine, and it is also quite healthy for you because if you ever actually look at Mediterranean cuisine, um, I mean, even if you they've seen they've seen studies that uh, Italian cuisine as well as cuisine from Greece tend to really promote a healthy lifestyle and a long life, longevity. And I think that really catches on here in the States. And I think people really enjoy the fresh items that come to the menu. It's very, very unique. A lot of the items are very similar to what we have here in the West. Um, the West, like Europe isn't the West. Um, but you know what I mean. So like for things, for example, like burgers. So burgers are obviously made with beef patties, but you can make them with lamb patties. And that's actually something that I had when I went to Greece. And I was actually quite surprised when I didn't know that there was beef. So that's some, very something that's very easily... Um, substituted and they also have other things like lamb chops obviously they also have a lot of like hummus which is more like middle eastern but sort of like when you get into like turkey and sort of that part where you know you're kind of melding together um, it's all sort of the mediterranean and you do get a lot of these very fresh items a lot of fish on the menu which tends to be you know a little bit lighter but really high in sort of like the good fats the the, the good fats as they say and I do see this catching on. Even the restaurants that you think are something else, but they're actually Mediterranean-inspired, like Cathedral or Cathedral, which is over at the Aria Hotel, which when I went, I really didn't know what it, the type of cuisine was going to be, which when I did go, it's very it's very Mediterranean because it actually pulls a lot from the from different places. So like south of Spain, but also Greece, Italy, kind of throws it all together, Spain, and throws it all together, and... 
there you have it, a very high-end restaurant. So um, you do get a lot of these places here in town, So, and a lot of them are getting more fine dining-esque. So I think this is something that you're going to have to get used to, is seeing a lot of Greek restaurants pop up. Uh, just like the restaurant business, a lot of these restaurants do not typically last very long, um, or sometimes they do, but a lot of times you're going to have a, you know, a sort of hit rate, if you will, where some are going to stay and some may just go by the wayside and just may not, you know, continue. Um, I think Venetian has too many Mediterranean cuisine restaurants. They actually have a lot of restaurants in general, so it's kind of hard to keep feeding all those mouths. But I think of all the ones I mentioned, which is Villa Azur, uh, Villa Azur, Salon, and Mizan, Villa Azur might have trouble gaining an audience and it might have trouble staying open because there's just so much saturation in that market in that one hotel and they're actually like a floor away from each other like you go down the stairs you see Hasalan, you go up the stairs you see Velasor so it's gonna be tough I think it's gonna be tough for those to sort of battle it out so we'll see who survives essentially but it really does look like Hasalan really got the lion's share of the budget for when they were building their restaurant. So uh, that's one thing. And kind of just sort of piggybacking off of that. Uh, so that's one of our other trends. That's our one of our trends is Mediterranean cuisine is making a statement on the Las Vegas Strip. Get used to it. Um, one thing that is sort of unique about these restaurants when they start opening is that we are changing the style of restaurants uh, that they are opening in Las Vegas in terms of what the architecture looks like. So we used to have a really a, a really big affinity with open concept restaurants. So you're able to walk by, see inside the restaurant. You're able to walk in, go to the bar. It was very sort of paint by numbers. You have the bar in the front where you can walk in. There's a lounge bar area, and then the restaurant is in the back. And I feel like a lot of restaurants either felt like they were not sort of being taken care of as a fine dining establishment with this sort of concept and that they were limited in terms of what they can have inside of their restaurant. So many restaurants now are going to a closed concept where the restaurant is enclosed. They can have live music on the inside if they want. They can have a totally different vibe than what is from the outside world in the casino. And I think this is cool. Uh, it is a little bit more off-putting for some people who are not comfortable walking into restaurants because whenever you put up this is very, very existential. When you start putting up barriers, you start sort of keeping people out, which might be the, the idea here. But if you're comfortable walking into these places, I think this actually gives you a better a better experience in general. Like Toca Madera, for example, which is at the uh, Crystal's Aria sort of space, is enclosed, and you really feel like you've sort of dive into a different world, a very, like, 1940s... 1930s escaped to Mexico and then you also get all like the candle candlelight in the lounge and it just is a really cool different fun experience it feels very uh, it feels very um, day of the dead if you will so uh, same thing with places like uh, Stanton Social, which Stanton Social, you walk in and it feels like sort of like a 1920s carnival and it has all of the different food presentations and the drink presentations with smoke and it really feels like you're in a different place than like Caesar's Palace in general. So I think this closed concept is really what we're going towards that you're going to see in the next coming of months and even if you've looked at new hotels that are opening like Fountain Blue. A lot of their restaurants seem to have this closed concept like uh, their uh, Prime Steakhouse, which I 
I'm escaping the name of what it's been called. And then uh, Poppy Steak, which is going to be very similar to me, very similar to what Stanton Social looks like, which is a very fun, exciting atmosphere. But really, they're able to create these experiences by closing it off to the outside world. And really, you are encapsulated inside of that restaurant. So I think that's where we're going in Las Vegas in terms of fine dining, closing everything off where you don't have the open concept like you would see, for example, like uh, Amalfi had for a long time because that's where Mesa Grill used to be. You can see inside of it. Same thing with, uh, for example, Craft Steak, which even though it feels like it's a closed concept, there are no doors. You can see inside. That's sort of the idea. Emeralds is the same way, which I think, is Emeralds still around? Man, I haven't been to MGM in such a long time, but I really think the closed concept is where we're going. So other thing that's in, well, buffets are out. Uh, another thing that's becoming really popular and really evident to what they're doing with new hotels, that is dining halls and food courts. And the thing is, is that a lot of people want to differentiate, which they are. They're very different. Food court, you think Popeye's, McDonald's, which is great, but that's a food court. Dining halls tend to be elevated experiences where people who don't want to go fine dining have an outlet and it still feels like you're actually getting something that's elevated that you would get from back home. So it's similar, but just different enough to make it feel like it's an experience and you can charge the extra, you know, 10, 15 bucks for whatever you're selling. So dining halls are certainly here to stay. I think they are the new buffets for people who want that style where they have all these different options. And I think that's okay, because I was never a big buffet person. I know people who love buffets are very sad that a lot of them went away. Um, we still have a few. You can go to the Bacchanal Buffet at Caesars. You can go to the Win Buffet at the Wynn. Um, the Bellagio, I still I believe, still does do their buffet. Uh, but, I mean, the hours are just so so much more. They're just cut so much more than what they used to be. Like, Wicked Spoon isn't even open for dinner anymore. <laughs> it was mostly just for, like, lunchtime. So... I don't know. That's what I think we're going towards, and I think the dining halls are going to start replacing a lot of the buffet options that used to be a lot of these hotels. So just stay tuned for another Bobby's Burger Shop because that's what they're going to be putting in those spaces. So as we're kind of moving on, uh, I kind of ran through a lot of those restaurants, which uh, one of them is like you know a really huge restaurant, uh, Milo's or Milo's, uh, which is uh, Greek cuisine, uh, which is a lot of fish. Which again, very fresh, very vibrant, and actually, just a uh, one more note about this in terms of veget uh, you know, uh, Mediterranean cuisine. We have a huge push in the United States to go more vegan, gluten free, uh, vegetarian, and you do get that a lot in in Mediterranean cuisine. You do get a lot of stuff without fish, without meat. You get a lot of very fresh vegetables, a lot of uh, vegetable based products, and it's embraced in sort of like the Mediterranean you know, culture and cuisine. So I do think Americans diet is definitely fueling why we're seeing a lot more Mediterranean cuisine restaurants in Las Vegas. If you wanted to know my like sort of two year, year and a half out sort of trend that I think is going to pop up, uh, I, I think you should definitely think you should definitely see that we're going to be having, we're, we, I bet we're going to have a lot more Indian restaurants in Las Vegas. Um, I always thought it'd be a gold mine if you just invested a lot of money into a, just a super chic, super high end Indian restaurant. 
and I think people would come by the boatloads um, to go try your Indian cuisine. So we do have a few places that are around Las Vegas that serve Indian food, uh, one of them being, um, what is it called, uh, the Grand Bistro or Indian Grand Bistro, which that's on, uh, what is that on? That is on Flamingo, I believe, and I've never been there, I just know that. It's there because for my tour guiding days, we used to drop people off there um, and then pick them up and then take them on the strip. So I believe Indian cuisine will certainly be creeping its way into a lot more restaurants and definitely have at least one fine dining establishment on the Las Vegas Strip at some point. We're just becoming so much more global on the strip that that is what they're going for. And actually, I'm okay with it. Even if I don't try it, I'm okay with it just because uh, I've gone to so many steakhouses that all kind of feel the same that I don't. I can't really differentiate the stakes a lot of the time anymore. So sometimes I just, just really blows my socks off and sometimes just, you know, drink enough to where it tastes like everything else. So uh, let's go on to the things that are on their way out. So the things that I think that are really not cool anymore, if you will, but I still, I still like them, but I think that they are not the trendy thing to have anymore. And let's start with, let's start with the one that, you know, people, just kind of know this already, but uh, a lot of people who bet on sports, especially people here in Las Vegas, uh, tend to bet at the betting windows. We are definitely seeing a lot more kiosks being used and a lot more apps being used. Uh, the Venetian just recently changed their sports book to, I believe, who's operating them? I believe, who is it William Hill? I believe it's William Hill, but they are branded a Yahoo sports book. Sports book. So, um, it's very weird nowadays. The sports books are all changing. They become more sports bars that have betting. Uh, a, a lot of these sports books are really pushing you to have an app. So for those of you that want to bet on sports and you may be nervous to bet at the at the counter, which I still do because old school, uh, definitely get an app before you know. Once you get to Las Vegas, it is one of those things that you can't get while you're in your home state. You do have to register for it in Las Vegas at a kiosk, uh, sorry, at a counter, if you will, uh, for the first time, prove you're 18, and, or sorry, prove you're 21, get the, get the ages right, and then you're able to get on your app, and then make sure you cash it out before you go home, but uh, definitely start getting apps while you come to Las Vegas, a couple of the big ones uh, that are operators in Las Vegas are BetMGM, the Caesar Sportsbook app, Boyd Gaming, and they also have uh, William Hill as well. But I've heard Caesar's Palace is probably one of the better sportsbook apps to have just in terms of the selection are the most similar to ones you would find in your home state. Just because a lot of the ones when you come to Nevada um, do not have the same offerings that you get in, say, like New York or New Jersey. They're much more restrictive than, you know, the, of the things that you can bet on here in the state of Nevada, which is funny because we kind of originated the sports betting um, for a lot of the country, and then we're also getting kind of less left in the dust. So again, a lot more kiosks, a lot more uh, you know, on your phone apps, uh, not so much at the sports book itself anymore. So moving on to the one that I think is really on the outs, and I th it pains me to say this, but they, they've kind of had their day now, and I think they need to, you know, get, you know, figure it out um, or just get the quality to be better. Uh, I, I would say that speakeasies, speakeasies specifically, are on their way out. I don't think that you're, I think you're still going to see speakeasies pop up because, you know, 
certain properties love to be at the end of trends. And uh, the big ones are going to remain. So basically all the ones that are at Cosmopolitan that counts, you know, Ghost Donkey, the Ski Lodge, the barbershop for some people, whatever. I'm tired of having this conversation. I get it on TikTok all the time. People saying, oh, well, this is the better, this is the better speakeasy. Get out of here. It's not a speakeasy. Keep saying it. It's just, it's become just a mantra of mine. No, barbershop is not a speakeasy. Take it. But um, I do believe that speakeasies have kind of had their day just because they become so part of the culture and fabric of Las Vegas for the past couple, you know, years, you know, two, three years. And I feel like people are kind of over it and it's no longer the fun thing to do. It's sort of like a more corporate feeling thing. And I don't like it. So again, they're going to still have them, but they're not going to be as cool as they were. Like Bally's has a speakeasy called Lock and Key or Locks or whatever. Haven't even wanted to go there just because I don't want to go to Bally's or the Horseshoe. Um, I have to go there at some point because I'm running out of hotels to check out. But I don't know. I go to places I want to hang out at, and I'm not trying to hang out at Horseshoe, unfortunately. I'm sorry. Um, unless they reach out, they want me to, you know, do something for them. Uh, I might check it out because, you know, sellouts are okay. But yeah, it's just a place I don't hang out at a lot. So you guys know that. Like, you follow me, you see where I hang out at. I kind of have my spots in the center of the strip, spots on the north end of the strip. Um, I will go to the south end of the strip in terms of like Mandalay Bay, you know, things that are easy to get in and out of. Park MGM, I love. I love a lot of the spots at Park MGM, but places like Horseshoe, uh, the Flamingo, Harrah's, they're not places I hang. Even like on the other side of the strip, like Mirage, they're just really hard to get in and out of, which I can do it, but then I don't want to do it because there's so much traffic right now. I mean, if you guys have seen what F1 has done to the Las Vegas strip, I know I'm another local just complaining about it, is, um, yeah, we're kind of over it. So, well, maybe, maybe next year when we don't have all the construction, I'll go ahead and check out maybe like uh, the Flamingo or Harrah's and some of their offerings. Because I did, I was walking through Harrah's one day and they had a really fantastic, uh, they have a new Gordon Ramsay restaurant, which I really want to try, which is like sort of a step above, I think, his pub and grill. So that's what I think. Anyways, I think Speakeasy's on their way out. I think you're going to still see a lot of them pop up. They're just not cool. They're just not as cool as they used to be, and I think it's really hard to pull off a really good speakeasy, and a lot of people are just kind of, you know, let's throw one in there just because it's cool. So, I don't know. Speakeasies on their way out. But anyways, those are my trends for this week, which I know this wasn't a very long pod, but these are just some things that were on my mind that I wanted to let you guys know. Um, I was at work the other day, and I have to oh my goodness, this person just, for all you cigar smokers out there. And I also smoke cigars, so it's not like I don't like cigars in general. But cigar smoking should be regulated to outside and cigar lounges, and that is it. You should not be allowed to smoke a cigar in one, a sports book, because you're in there all day, in regular bars that have other just normal people at the bar. And, and I mean, find the casino, but come on, guys. The, the cigar smoke has got to stop. I had to sit in a bar for little over eight hours today with just these two guys just puffing on the cigars nonstop all day. Thank goodness my bets hit for, for football, so then it was okay. But, man, these guys were terrible. And we were trying to figure out because no one was sitting next to them. And we're like, oh, 
It's the cigars. That's exactly why. So um, I'm guilty of it. I did it. I went to man, what a what an asshole I was. Wow. Um, I was in a nightclub and I was fairly intoxicated, and I bought a thirty dollar cigar in the bathroom at uh, Dre's, which was funny because the guy in the bathroom was like, "Oh, we got everything you need, man. We got Marlboro. We got uh, we we got Monte Cristos. What you got?" And then there I go buying a thirty dollar cigar in the bathroom he cut it for me he lit it and then there i am smoking a cigar in dre's and i just think about it now of like how annoyed everybody at either my table or the tables next to me must have been so it's just it's just i think it's just super inconsiderate i mean if i ever get a cigar i usually have it again i have like plans for everything i'll usually grab a cigar i'll grab a drink I'll go hang out in front of the Bellagio fountains outside, smoke my cigar, watch the fountains. Life is good. Uh, and I think that's okay. I think if you're smoking on the side of the street, cool. But man, just sitting at a bar and just letting it soak in, it's just so inconsiderate of other people. So check out the cigar bars. We have plenty of cigar bars in Las Vegas. There's a beautiful cigar bar at Caesars Palace, which is right next to Nobu. You can also check out the Ignite cigar bar, which that's at the... Uh, the fountain shop, sorry, oh my goodness, the um, Caesars Palace Forum Shops. Uh, so that one's actually a pretty pretty big cigar lounge. It actually has um, a place where you can sit outside and also has a pl- well, semi-outside. You're sitting inside of the mall still. Um, and it also has a beautiful selection of cigars as well. And probably one of the most high-end places you can smoke cigars is at Resorts World, where you can go to 8, which 8 is a beautiful cigar lounge. It actually has a hostess out front, has a beautiful bar, they have food as well, and a couple people that I know like to hang out at 8 Cigar Lounge. So, again, there are options for you. I just I just have a I just wanted to get it off the, my off my chest cuz I couldn't see it on the other place that I work, but man, cigars. You guys are definitely uh, on the list of things that need to be out in Las Vegas. No cigars in casinos anymore. Um, I mean, no smoking would be nice, but, I mean, I understand. So, anyways, guys, that was this week's Concierge Confidential. Thank you so much for listening. Um, check out our latest videos on our social pages. So, Instagram would be Concierge Confidential underscore LV, or you can follow me at Brian Ortega underscore 26. You can also follow us on our Twitter page, which is at Keys to Vegas. Again, we're trying to tweet more. And then also you can check us out on TikTok, which is at Keys to Vegas as well, where you'll find all of our latest videos that we've done on the Last Night in Vegas feed for this particular pod. So again, thank you so much for listening. If you see me out in town, we finally have business cards. So I know it took forever, but if you catch us out in town, we'll probably give you one. Maybe you'll end up on an episode and then you can check out and see the latest episodes to see if you're on one just by looking at the cards. So again, thank you so much for everybody for listening. If you see me out in town, feel free to say hello. Not a problem, but remember, keep it confidential. (laughs) 